0: Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Before you sit down, why don't you turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. All right, you can be seated this morning. We're glad you're here can have a wonderful time. And we had a great time at our nine o'clock service and Looking forward to being with all of you here at the 11 o'clock. But we are in this new series called The Altered Life. And what we're talking about when we talk about the altered life, uh, the word alter means to change. It means to uh, make structural changes like you can alter a building. Or if you ever been, you've ever taken your clothes to a tailor, they alter your clothes in order to fit you properly. And so we're talking about God altering your life, making some changes in your life, maybe some subtle changes, maybe some major changes, but significant changes in your life to transform you. And God is always altering our lives. In fact, we call this here in the front area, we call it the altar. And the reason is in the Old Testament that uh, they took their animals, and they sacrificed them before God at the altar, and the altar sacrifices remain, and old things die, and how many know God needs to take care of some old things in our life? We need to make some sacrifices to God, so today we're talking about the altered life, but I want to read you a scripture out of 1 Peter chapter 2, and it's in this chapter or in in the book of 1 Peter where we've been kind of talking about different subjects. I know last week we talked about relationships, and Pastor Rob did a great job, and Santiago, he did a wonderful job, and so appreciate him ministering here Sunday. But I'm going to read a verse of Scripture, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, and then we're going to pray. It says, live an honorable life. And actually, another translation said, live a life of honesty Live an honorable life among the Gentiles. Gentiles are people that are not Jewish. Most of us here are not Jewish. So it says, live an honorable life among the Gentiles. So, so that even though they slander you as evildoers, when they observe your noble deeds or your honest deeds, they may glorify God on the day he visits So let's just pray before we get into this message today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is powerful, that your word transforms and alters our life today. We pray today, God, open our hearts, our minds, receive the word, and remove every distraction today. Lord, speak into our hearts, and your word is relevant in 2024 than any other time. So I pray today, God, that you would just minister to lives, anoint every word that I speak, and let the people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So today I'm going to talk about a subject that all of us can relate to. I'm going to talk about honesty. Say honesty. In fact, the Bible has a lot of significant instruction about honesty or telling the truth. And there's examples of men and women in Scripture that we see the result of their honesty. We see the blessing of God. There's also Scriptures that show people, men and women of God, that were dishonest and what happened to them. In fact, there's a radical scripture in the book of Acts, chapter 5, when the first church first started, where this couple uh, were acting like they gave so much money when they really didn't, but they wanted to seem like they gave all this money, and Peter confronts them and said, hey, did you give so much money? And they said, yeah, and they actually lied, and the Bible says that the man died on the spot. And then his wife came in a few hours later, not knowing what had happened to her husband. And Peter asked her, hey, did you sell the land for so much money? She said, yes, we did. He goes, well, you, you conspired to lie with your husband. The same people that carried your husband out are going to carry you out. And she died on the spot. I want to thank God that he doesn't work that way anymore. <laughs> if he did, man, that'd be a lonely church. I'd be preaching to the walls, empty chairs, right? All of us, right? But thank God he doesn't. He is the God of grace. But God still is demanding honesty. And if we could be completely honest here, all of us have dealt with dishonesty. In fact, we wrestle with dishonesty every day. Uh, They've asked. They took a survey of children and or, or parents and asked them what they want from their children, and they said, "I want my children to be honest." If we could just get our children, to be honest. But they did take a survey of Americans, and they found that 91% of all Americans lie. Can you imagine? 91%. I wonder if the 9% were even lying about that. (laughs) All right? That they lie quite a bit. And so how early do we learn how to lie? Well, in fact... When babies are born, it's not too long after, down the road, that babies learn how to lie, they fake a cry to see who's, who's going to come. They know that if they cry, that you'll respond, right? And they fake a cry, like, oh, that's a fake cry. You've seen those little kids, they do that, right? So they can get, or, or you know, when they're one years old, they learn how to conceal things. They learn how to hide things. And when two years old, they know how to bluff, like see how far they can go, Right? They say by the time they're five years old, they just outright lie to you. They'll just tell you a straight-out lie. They'll manipulate you. They say by the time they're nine years old, they'll cover it up. And by the time they're a young adult, they say that five out of, or one out of five interactions with mom, they always have a lie in there. So by the time they get into the workforce... They get into the place of working with all that's going on with spam, with uh, digital things, and identity theft, and all these different things that are out there, that our society is filled with a lot of dishonesty. And I begin to think about how many opportunities do we have every day to be dishonest or to be honest. We have to make a decision because every conversation... Every phone call, every email, every text, we have an opportunity there. Are we going to be honest, or are we going to be dishonest? And so, sociologists tell us that we either hear or see 10 to 300 lies every day. And actually, that's not true. It's actually 10 to 200. But see how easy it is to lie? (laughs) You guys all felt like 10 to 300. No, it's actually 10 to 200. But that's how easy it is to lie. I mean, there's just opportunity after opportunity. And Americans, we're really good at lying. So I don't know if you've ever used these lines, but here's a few of them. I'm almost there. (laughs) You haven't even took a shower. You just got out of bed. I'm almost there. (laughs) Or my phone died. Your phone is working perfectly fine. My phone died. You know, I didn't get the call. My phone died, right? My phone is acting weird. What, what is that about, acting weird? Phone's acting weird. It's got a dumb personality. Or the good one, wives, it wasn't that expensive. Wives do that all the time. It wasn't that expensive. Guys do that just one more time, just one more time. Or how many have ever, feel? I don't really watch TV. That's all you do is watch TV. I'm almost finished. You're not even close to being finished. Or this is a good one. We lie about our age. You're a lot older than you're admitting, right? Or how many of us say, I forgot. You really didn't forget, but that's a good one. I forgot. I'll do it tomorrow. Man, you're not going to do it. I am listening. You had no clue. I mean, there are times when my wife's asked me to do things, and I'm, you know, go to the market, and all I hear is, wah, 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 wah. And I'm texting her, you know, like, hey, what did you want? You weren't listening. Yeah, I was, but, you know, I didn't get the right brand. You know, I'm lying, right? You're lying. I'm really busy then. When you're not busy, you got nothing on schedule. I'm really busy. Nice to see you. You know, you're, you're depressed about seeing them. Especially the in-laws. Anyway, I haven't got, haven't got any money, man. You got a whole bunch of money. I got stuck in traffic. There's no traffic here in Bellflower. I got stuck in traffic, you know. I'm not feeling well. You're feeling really great, right? That was a good meal. You know it was awful. (laughs) I got a headache. That's usually what wives say. I got a headache. That's another story. (laughs) The email went into a junk folder. You read it, and you put it into the junk folder. (laughs) The one I hate is one size fits all. It doesn't. How many of you ever had this one? Your table will be ready in a minute. Here you are 30 minutes later, right? Or this is a good one. Pastor, I love you. You're the best. (laughs) And then they leave the next week and talk about you. But anyway, let's go on to the, the next thing. So dishonesty strangles the life out of you. And when you live a life of dishonesty where you're not telling the truth... It really strangles your life. And so I want to talk about making some steps in just a few moments about moving toward more honesty and being an honest person. Dishonesty, unfortunately, is promoted in our culture. Dishonesty permeates our society. And dishonesty is something that is promoted where people expect our culture endorses the untruth. It embraces lies. It embraces deception. And so we see the residue of dishonesty all over. And this is why it's critical that we understand that God wants us to be a people of honesty. But let's be honest. Most of us, when you meet someone or you talk to someone, you expect a level of dishonesty. We expect a degree of untruthfulness, especially in our political system, Right? Yeah, I tried marijuana. I didn't inhale. You liar! You you did it. You inhaled. I didn't inhale though. I didn't do this. I won't tell you who that was. But anyway, we we expect a degree of untruthfulness in advertising. We expect a level of untruthfulness in what they say. How many How many you guys, man? You put on the Old Spice, and and then the babe didn't come. They were, where are they at? They they didn't come running. You put the obsession on. What happened to the babe? Like the commercial. <laughs> they're, they're not attracted to that. Uh, we expect a level of untruthfulness even in church. The last few decades where we've seen unethical things by leaders, and so therefore it's created skepticism in some of the people. We expect a level of dishonesty even in business. How many have talked to car salesmen lately? Oh, yeah, we're giving you the best deal. It's not the best deal. It's the best deal. They say seven out of ten business people surveyed said they compromised their values in order to conform the company standards. There is even dishonesty and untruthfulness from college students. They did a survey of 31 colleges and universities with 15,000 juniors and seniors in college and they were interviewed about cheating, and 63 percent of humanity majors admitted to cheating. Sixty-eight percent of science majors admitting, admitted to cheating. So next time you say, "Let's trust the science," 68 percent are liars, right? <laughs> Here's the other one: 74 percent of engineers man, I'm scared of walk in the buildings now, admitted to cheating. And in 87% of business majors admitted to cheating. And they didn't interview the political science majors because they didn't need to, right? (laughs) So from the White House to our own house, there's untruthfulness. And so we need to strive and do everything that we can, especially in God's Word... To be honest, but unfortunately, dishonesty is everywhere, and it's one of the reasons why our culture is the way it is because it's dishonest. And it's more than just the culture, it runs deeper than the culture. It's part of our nature. If you go back to the beginning of the Bible, the fall of Adam and Eve, and how they lied before God, and they weren't honest about what they did, but God already knew. We see dishonesty from the very beginning, and we see that people are enticed by dishonesty. In fact, a guy by the name of Dr. Leonard Killer, or Keeler, I believe his name was, invented the lie detector test. And he's interviewed more than 25,000 people, and he came to this conclusion, he concluded that basically people are dishonest. He said, at the core of humanity... There is dishonesty. Therefore, when we read the Bible, it's no surprise that dishonesty is real. This is what the scripture says. Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. Because we're all part of the human race. So not only is it part of our culture, not only is it part of our human nature, but I believe dishonesty is also spiritual. There's something about it. When we become a dishonest and deceptive person, it begins to be part of your spirit. And it enters your life. And all of a sudden, there's this part of you that is dark, that lies and is deceiving. In fact, the Bible says that Satan is a liar. How many have heard that before? And that God is truthful. In fact, the Bible says in Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie promised before the world began so we serve a God that is honest we serve a God that cannot lie if you want to know the truth you got to go to God's word you got to know who God is but yet there's an opposing view or an enemy of God and that is Satan and let me read you the description of Satan and John eight forty four says he talking about Satan has always hated the truth he doesn't even like the truth There is no truth in him. So if you think the devil is your friend, he's not your friend. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. Now this is Jesus speaking about who Satan is. He knows who the devil is. For he is a liar, what? And the father of lies. He is the inventor of lies. So Jesus doesn't sugarcoat the fact that there is an enemy that is opposed to God, opposite of God. Who is a liar? Who hates the truth? And yet, God's view of dishonesty, you know what God thinks about dishonesty? God looks at dishonesty and he hates it. I mean, that's extreme. When we hear the word hate, we say, How could God hate anything? Well, when the Bible talks about God hating uh, uh, lies, he means it's disgusting to him, it's repulsive to God. Look what the scripture says. And Proverbs twenty twenty three, the Lord hates dishonest scales and dishonest weight, so don't cheat. So God hates it. it. He he hates dishonesty. Period. It's a perversion of His character. This is why God places high priority. He places high premium. On telling the truth. Uh, there is something about people when they speak the truth, when they're honest, uh, when they are people of integrity, when they are people that speak the truth. God loves those types of people. And so we need to have a love affair with honesty. So, what is the result? Write this down. What is the result of dishonesty? There's a couple of things that happen when you're dishonest. Number one, we become very skeptical. If you ever met people that are skeptical, the reason why they're so skeptical is because they're dishonest themselves. And so they expect other people to be dishonest. In other words, when you meet a person, you're already skeptical and saying, I don't know if this person is telling me the truth. How many of you, when you first came to church, you said, I don't know about Pastor Omar. You don't even know me, but you said, ah, you know, he's the, he's the pastor. He, he's probably not telling the truth. And so we're skeptical. The reason why you're skeptical is because you're dishonest. And you expect everybody else to be dishonest. There's a trust that is broken down when you're dishonest. We don't trust anyone why it's hard for you to trust people that are trying to help you trust people that want the best for you you don't trust them you become a a a person of like man I, i trust has been broken down not because of other people because you're a person of dishonesty dishonesty produces insecure people this is why kids when they say cross your heart and hope to die and stick a needle in your eye right you've heard these kids say that The reason why they say that kids are looking for security and they're looking for honesty. They want their parents to be honest. They're looking for that because they bring security in their life. When you're a person of truthfulness, you bring security to your home. You bring security to your family. Your family doesn't have to wonder if you're going to spend all the rent money. Uh, They don't have to wonder if you're going to come home or not or you're going to cheat on their mom or not. They are secure that you're a truthful dad or a truthful mom. Somebody say amen. It brings security to the home. But when there's dishonesty, it brings insecurity to that home or that family. So honesty should not just be a nice ideal. It should be an, uh, a, a, a command that we follow. How many can say amen to that? Amen. So God's not looking for us, listen to me, to be skeptical. He's not looking for us to not trust people. He's not looking for us to be insecure. God knows all of these things uh, that are part of life. Uh, in fact, he is wanting us to be secure. But I want you to realize that a lot of us, we operate or we're walking around with an open wound to our soul, and the reason why your soul is wounded is because you've been dishonest. How many of you? You don't have to raise your hand, but there are moments that you still remember where you were dishonest, where you lied, and you got somebody else in trouble, or you lied on that an application and you got this job or promotion, and you know you didn't don't deserve it because you lied. You lied to your wife. You lied to your husband. You lied to your children. You lied to your parents. You lied to your boss. And even years later, you still remember some of those lies. I'll just raise my hand, okay? I don't, I'll raise my hand for you and me, okay? Your soul is wounded. You know there's specific instances where you were deceptive and you lied about something and you still live with that open wound, the reason why you can remember that deception is because your soul has been wounded. And so here's what I want to say to you. The more dishonest you are, the more you open up that wound and you squeeze out your conscience. You squeeze out any kind of honesty in your life today. And I want to tell you the truth. I believe that within all of us, we want to tell the truth. I said, we want to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? I believe we do. And there's the price to pay, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Because, see, God created us in his image, and he wants us to be people of truth. And so I want to show you this video of this little boy who turned out to be more honest than we actually realized. So I wanted to go ahead and show that video.
1: Usually I walk with my head face to the ground, so I saw a pink wallet, and it was just standing sitting there. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a wallet on the ground. Like, what do I do? Do I return it? Should I take it? I think I was going to be able to return it to her, because I didn't want it take anything from anybody. When we got home, I wrote a letter to Ms. Sloan. Dear Ms. Sloan, my name is Naseem and I am 10 years old. I found your wallet on the ground at the Super Motocross event in Oakland. I know how it feels to lose something and I wanted to make sure you got your wallet back. Hopefully I, I have made you smile and you are happy to have your money and ID back. I'm glad I found it instead of some bad person who would steal from you. You look like a very nice person who does nice things for people. So I want to do something nice for you. Plus, it was the honest things to do. Next Wednesday, she got it and it just is don't lie, be honest all the time, just be a good example guys wow. the most honest person I know is my mom because she just hates people lying to her wow. and so she really never tells <laughs> lies she's the most honest person I know
0: and I love her so much wow, look at that That mama, she, she don't like being lied to. He knows it, too. Got to tell the truth, right? But he said the best thing you could do is be that role model at home and be an honest person. You want to cho- your children to be honest, you need to be honest first. So here are some steps today toward honesty. And Proverbs 23, uh, 23 verse 23, it says, buy the truth and do not sell it. So the thought is if you could buy anything... If you can make an investment in anything, it would be worth it if you would tell the truth. Don't sell it. Don't give it away. And so here's a the couple of steps that I want you to think about. Number one, write this down. If you want to take some steps toward honesty, take an inventory of your truthfulness. How truthful are you? How much are you really honest about? And Proverbs 14, 9 says fools don't don't care if they sin, but honest people work at being right. What it's saying is it takes some discipline. It takes an amount of responsibility and work to be able to do what is right and to be able to live in truthfulness, where it says the fools don't care if they sin. So they don't care about deceitfulness, but it takes some work here, to be able to tell the truth. And it's always facing you. There's a number of years ago, I don't know how long ago, might have been 10 years ago. I had this bump on my eye right above here. In fact, I had to get surgery later on. But I had it here, and I remember the, I'd look at it in the mirror, and there it was, man, that big old cyst thing that was just sticking out of my eye. It was embarrassing. I'd preach with this whole thing, you know. And uh, people would tell me, you got to do something about it. I know that already. I've got a doctor working on it. And finally, they took it out. But here was the thing. It was was bigger. It was stuck out. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I think that's the way. is uh, if you're dishonest, it's facing you every day. And so you need to take an inventory. What do you need to do? Ask yourself a couple of questions. Uh, Where am I being dishonest? How am I being dishonest? And why am I being dishonest? If you're going to take an inventory, you need to say, where am I being dishonest? Am I being dishonest at work or at home? Am I being dishonest with my friends Am I being dishonest with my children? All of these things. Because a lot of us can say, well, you know, I, I don't have that problem. You need to stop lying to yourself and deceiving yourself. called denial, right? Not a river in Egypt. It's denial. It's you, right? God is big enough to forgive us. How many thank God for that? But when you deny it, how is God going to heal you? Second thing is, how am I being dishonest? Because a lot of us can really get defensive and say, well, I didn't rob a bank. I didn't embezzle money. But still, how or are you being dishonest? You know, we can even be dishonest with protecting some of our friends. You protect your friend because, you know, that friend makes everybody happy. But you know that that friend that you have is very deceptive. That friend that you have is a gossiper. That friend that you have slanders people. And you protect them by telling them, oh, they have a good heart, though. No, they're, they're really cool. You know, you, you just got to get to know them. You're covering up your line for your friend. You know that your friend is no good. She's toxic. Can you say amen? Yes. Or are we slandering people? Are we gossiping? Slandering gossip our cousins. They're primos. <laughs> they're compadres. They're a form of dishonesty. Uh, uh, gossipers, they often, their goal is to build themselves up and make others look bad. Exalting themselves above other, other people. Or what we do is gossipers, they speak of others' failures. They speak of others' embarrassing, shameful things that they're not g- given permission to talk about, but they don't care. They take the freedom to gossip about them. You're slandering that person. Now, it's quiet in here. So we need to really think about, are we speaking the truth? There's a way to speak the truth in love. Or are we taking an inventory? Are we deceitful? Are we disguising the truth? Are you shading the truth? Are you making something look good when you're kind of shady? Is that guy, are you getting close to that guy? Not because you're friendly, but you want him to become your customer. You want to sell him something. Sometimes we get people in the church and they just, they're just trying to sell a product and they're trying to act friendly with everybody. You're being deceitful. I'm not pointing it out to anyone. I'm just being honest today. Or we compromise. You're justifying things. Uh, the uh, restaurant gave you more change than you deserve. And you think, man, it's a blessing. It's not a blessing. You need to give that money back. <laughs> I was there Friday night with my wife and we were... We went and bought this 42 cup brewing uh, coffee brewer, and finally, it was like the third Spartan final that we went. I said, "I know I'm gonna find it." I don't know. My wife goes, "Did this give up on it." And I said, "No, I know one of them got it." And sure enough, I, I found it. The Spartan final. I so, I seen it on top of the shelf. This guy got it for us, uh, and it was way up there. Got to get the ladder, brought it. It was just one more. I could barely see it. I go, "There it is. It's right there." I know that's it. And sure enough, 42 cups. I got it. It was in a cardboard box. We went up there and they rang it up and this is supposed to be a fifty-three dollar forty two cup thing and it rose it rang up for nine ninety nine. Praise the Lord. God heard the prayer. No. No. My wife looked at me and I looked at her and I know we said, that's not the right price. And then he goes, What? What do you mean? I goes, It's not the right price. And she goes, oh well. I go check it inside. Maybe there's a. And so sure enough, there was a box inside the cardboard box, and it had the item, it had the picture of everything. And I said, go ahead, ring it up again, and it rang up for fifty three ninety nine. Right. And I grudgingly put the card. No, I didn't. <laughs> I knew what I was going to pay for it. I paid for it. What I'm saying is, that I go, man, I think God's already testing my my honesty today. I knew it was a test. Hallelujah! But God hates dishonesty. I said, God hates dishonesty. So why are we dishonest? Well, part of, it is, part of it is fear. Peter feared for his life, therefore he lied that he didn't know Jesus. Cain lied about his offering, or he lied because of his pride, I should say, because he didn't want to give God what he wanted. Potiphar's wife lied because she was jealous, or anger, I should say, or angry. Joseph's brothers lied about them because or him because they were jealous of him. The bottom line is this: you can choose dishonesty, but I encourage you at the end of the day, realize that honesty is better. Number two, write this down. Make an honest evaluation of your gains. And losses. In other words, when you're dishonest, are you really gaining anything in the long run? Now, I realize this. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes cheating, you do gain something. Don't raise your hand. How many of you cheat on your income taxes? You said, "Man, I'm getting more money back, but you cheated. You you didn't really. You're gaining temporarily." Hear me again. I said, "You're gaining temporarily." But it's only temporary. It's not going to last in the long run. Are you with me? Yeah. Well, you know, I I got hired on this job, and again, you got hired for that job, but you lied on the application. I've seen guys, man, they were honest, and God blessed them. I've seen guys lied, and in the long run, it it got back to it got back on them. It's not going to work. It's temporary. How many, of you, how many know the Raiders lie to you every year? You're, they're, they're not going to the Super Bowl. They don't even make the playoffs. You guys have been lied to over and over. I'm trying to help you guys, trying to encourage you guys. Anyway, if you're a Raider fan, God, God, God loves you, amen. You're in the right place if you're a Raider fan. You're in the right place. We're here to encourage you and help you out. All that line that they give you. Anyway, so this thing, I think about Barry Bonds. Remember Barry Bonds? He, he broke the home run record. Remember all that? And they asked him, and they told him, hey, you know, uh, uh, they finally accused him of using uh, some um, steroids. And he lied about it. And they find found out that he was the client. Finally, they, they got him for using all these steroids. Uh, but he had lied about it. And then there was a guy by the name of Lance Armstrong. He won seven Tour de France titles, cycling. But at the end of the day, they found out that he was doping and using this other stuff. And so he gained temporarily, but he lost in the long run. So dishonesty never pays. There was a farmer. Let me give you this story. There was a farmer who sold a pound of butter to a baker. One day, the baker decided to weigh the butter to see if it really was If it weighed a pound. Found out that he didn't. He was angry. So he took the farmer to court. The judge asked the farmer if he was using any measuring or measure to weigh the butter. And the farmer replied, your honor, I'm very poor. I don't have a proper measuring thing. But I do have a scale. And so the judge asked him, well, how do you weigh the butter? The farmer replied, well, your honor, long before the baker started buying butter from me, I've been buying a pound of loaf of bread from him. So every day when the baker brings the bread, I put it on the scale and give him the same weight in butter. If anyone's to be blamed, it's the baker, all right? Are you the baker or are you the farmer? Which one are you? It'll come back. You'll gain temporarily, but in the long run... You'll lose. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13 21 Trouble chases sinners while blessings chase the righteous. If we're going to gain anything, I believe we're going to gain when we're honest. Can you say amen? amen? If we if we're dishonest, we're going to lose. What do we lose? Here's a couple of things that you lose when you're dishonest. You lose character. Because honesty develops character. Reputation is what people think you are. Character is when no one is looking. That's who you really are. And so are you honest? Are you an honest person? Is there integrity about your life? When no one's looking, are you still honest? Are you still the same person? Can we pass honesty onto our children? Do our children see us as the person of honesty? Because I believe if you're an honest person, it'll be carried on to your children. Just like this kid right here. He said, man, man, it's my parents. If you're, if you're a role model for them, or if, you're, if you're a role model for your children, they'll follow in your footsteps. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, Good people who live honest lives will be a blessing to their children. So home is where your character's tough. Can you say amen? It's where your children are watching what you do. I remember hearing the story about this one pastor who they had found this dog and these kids found fell in love with this dog. They loved this dog so much and they really began, the dog began to be part of their family and they found this dog but soon they found out that there was a thing out there. This guy had lost his dog and it was They pretty much believed it was the the dog that they had. And so the man came over. And they had said that this dog had something unique about it. It had like these black little hairs on his tail somewhere. And uh, the pastor knew that this was the distinct thing about this dog. And so before that guy showed up, he got rid of the hair. He plucked them out. (gasps) Huh? Wow, yeah, it's true. It happened. <laughs> that pastor was me. No, it wasn't. I don't own a dog. <laughs> and, and I confess today, no. But here's, here's, here's what happened. The guy showed up. And the guy said, oh, that, that, that is my dog. He goes, hold on, hold on, the pastor told him. Hold on. Did you say your dog had these black hair at the tail? He goes, yeah. Well, let, let's check it. Oh, there's none there. And he goes, that day... He got a new dog, but he lost his children. Because they watched his integrity. So people are watching your integrity today. They're watching what you're doing. They're watching how you act. They're watching how you carry yourself. You'll lose security when you're dishonest. Because honesty builds security around you. Proverbs 11:6 6 says, doing, doing right brings freedom to honest people. But those who are not trustworthy will be caught by their own desires. So here, I'm going to end with this. To love God and pursue a relationship with Him. In other words, the more intimate, I believe this, the more intimate you are with God, the more honest you're supposed to be. And I've watched people And they can serve God a long time. But they're still dishonest. That means you're not really intimate with God. You've done your time with God, but you're not intimate with God. If God is invading your life, you're going to have a very difficult time being dishonest. Listen to me. If the Holy Spirit is residing in my life and the Holy Spirit is in my life, then he's going to send that internal signal when I'm dishonest, I'm gonna I'm gonna experience something. God's gonna speak to me and say, Hey, hold on a second, He's gonna give me you know what that check is, it's called conviction. I'm gonna get a conviction of the Holy Spirit that all of a sudden He's gonna put a check on me and say, Wait a minute, you're wrong here. If you're in church and you don't feel any conviction, you don't feel like God is convicting you of the life you're living in, or the sin that you're living in, is because you're a dishonest person. You don't feel conviction because you're dishonest. You don't feel a check in your spirit because you don't have an intimate relationship with God. And the more and more you move away from that, the more and more you're deceiving yourself. See, I believe this, that when we have an intimate relationship with God, when we're honest with God, that man, when God's speaking, God will convict us. Can you say amen? I've had people say, Pastor, you convict me. Well, I don't convict anybody. I just preach the truth of God and the Holy Spirit does the convicting. Can you say amen? John sixteen eight says, when he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That means God is working in your life, getting your attention when you have conviction in your life. If you say, man, I feel conviction, congratulations, God's working in your life. But if you're no longer convicted, then there's something about your life that's deceptive. Every time I'm in church, man, God's convicting me of something. God's pointing something out in my life. God speaking to me about something. Psalm 50, 51, 6 says, You want the truth deep within your heart. Psalm 140, verse 13, Honest people will live in His presence. I don't know about you, but I want to have an intimate relationship with God. I want the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I, I want to be as honest as I can. I found this. The older I get, the more honest I'm becoming really i i got nothing i got nothing to prove to people you know hey you got a big church no it's not that big but i'm thankful for them amen it, it's big it's big enough and if god wants to get more thank god but i'm just going to be honest with you i'm not trying to impress people today are you hearing me I, I i drove in a car i didn't fly on wings to get here today i'm just like same way with you I'm just being honest with you. I'm, I'm a person. I'm a regular person. I'm no. I'm nobody special. I'm just a regular person like you. I've got the same things, the same battles that you battle with. I have the same things that i got to work on just like you. But I, I just know this. I'm just going to be honest with God. I need the Holy Spirit. I need God. How many know? How many just say, I just need the Lord in my life? So what we need to do is we need to practice. I'm going to end with this because... Uh, the music is going on. It's like the Oscars. The music plays and got to get off the stage. You no. Know? I'm, I'm going to say this today. That we got to practice honesty. How do we practice it? We got to start putting it into, applying it in our lives every day. Uh, James says this. Remember, it's the message to obey, not just to listen to. For if you just listen and don't obey it, it's like looking at your face in the mirror but doing nothing to improve improve your appearance so we got to guard truth we got to let truth direct us we got to let truth sustain us it needs to be something that we desire that we want in our lives today that we desire it, it that we practice it every day that you know when people when your wife asks you something when your children be honest just being honest I try to be honest, man, every time. You know, I, I, there's times where I've been dishonest and I just want to just be honest with you today about being dishonest. I shared it with you earlier service. I, didn't think, I think I might as well just confess it to you. There is times where people have seen me at a market or a Costco and they go, Pastor, how's it going? I say, hey, how's it going, you know? And then I'll say something like, hey, you look familiar. They don't look familiar, but I just said they look familiar. Because you know, I, I feel bad for them. They must know who I am, so I'm trying to protect them. And so I'm, I, I, don't even, I don't even know why I said it. And I'm talking to them, and my wife will watch me. I'll, I'll talk for 10 minutes, and my wife says, who was that?" I go, I have no idea. I've never seen that person in my whole life. She goes, but you act and you talk to you. She goes, that, was, that wasn't cool. That was deceptive. You know, that was deceptive. See how that can be dishonest? Just something as simple as that. Why can't I just tell the guy, hey, I, I don't remember you. What is your name again? You know, did I, have I met you sometimes? I met some guy in, 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 I was in TJ Maxx. And the guy goes, Pastor Omar. I go, hey, how's it going? And I finally said to him, who are you? And he goes, you go to read church. You're the pastor. He goes, I go to your church. I go, well, praise God. How long you been coming? <laughs> About a year. <laughs> well, nice to meet you. Glad you're here. And so I'm. I'm just telling you today, we got to be honest. Can we just be more honest? How many would say I want to be more honest today?